Speak Sport, the podcast for women fluent in sport. I'm really looking forward to having you with me today and welcome to all of you who are listening. It's going to be such a great time that we're going to be spending with Ashley Moorman Patio. Now, for those of you, before I welcome her to today's episode, I want to just tell you a little bit about her because maybe you don't know who she is, or maybe you do know who she is and you're just super excited. Ashley Moorman Patio has had such a stellar career in cycling and she has worn national colors for road cycling in South Africa and time trial quite a number of times as well as being the African continental champion and she's ridden so many races that we love watching if you love cycling I know that you enjoy watching the Giro the Tour of Romandy the Vuelta the Commonwealth Games even Flesh Wallon you know the Olympic Strade Bianchi just to name a few the Tour de France Femme and Ashley has been there been riding and doing incredible things for so many years and she also is the and became the first ever UCI esports world champion and with that Ashley again so great to have you with me today and welcome it's just good to chat and to get into your story and also how you've been such a trailblazer for women's cycling so welcome today hi lauren yeah thanks so much for having me now like i said you have been a trailblazer for women's cycling for many years not only in south africa but also on our continent and before we talk about you know your journey as a professional cyclist as well as the incredible work that you're doing now empowering girls in cycling in south africa you actually dreamt about being and competing at the olympics as an equestrian and i find that quite interesting tell us a bit about that passion that you had for so many years and what you were involved in it seems slightly um you know similar to cycling but not really yeah so interestingly enough I mean I'm I'm a farm girl uh well I grew up in in Bloemfontein but um not far from my mom's family farm um in Colesburg um and so we used to go like every second weekend basically to um to the farm and in the holiday time so I grew up around animals and in particular around um horses and um, yeah, I mean, in the early days, I I always had like athletic ambitions. I always loved being active and outdoors, and you know, with animals. Mm-hmm. And as a young child, I used to uh, watch a, a movie called um, National Velvet. You know, it was the first edition, and then the second edition was International Velvet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to watch this movie over and over again, and it was about um, you know, women. Um, breaking down barriers firstly in um, in horse riding um the first one is about you know uh, the f- a woman that um is the first person to be you know a jockey in an in this big um race called uh, the national i can't even remember now but the national cup or something mm-hmm. and she actually had to go in disguise as as a man and i suppose wow. that's how it kind of started it was about women you know being trailblazers and breaking down barriers um and achieving great heights and then the second edition was um her her niece who um lost her parents and then moved in with her as the aunt and how she went to the Olympic Games uh, for cross country on um, in equestrian, and I suppose you know my connection as a farm girl to horses and my love mm-hmm. for, you know I don't know for taking on big challenges. Um, this is what made me dream of going to the Olympic Games um, in equestrian. But yeah, it just never really materialized. Although you know I loved riding horses, I never really got to be um, competitive on the horse because it was you know it's really expensive horse riding, yeah. and you know the riding that I did was mostly sort of casual um, farm 
farm style riding, but I did eventually, you know, have a horse stabled at my uncle's place, you know, in Bloemfontein. So one of our farm horses. Um, and I used to love, you know, just spending time on the horse. It was my way of sort of escaping, uh, you know, day to day life and just coming, you know, um, at peace and in touch with nature and, um, and all those things. But I actually had a really bad horse riding accident in my final year at school um, where, you know, I'd come back from holiday visiting my my dad in, in Cape Town because I come from a broken home. And um, we were staying the night at my uncle's place because he'd driven us up from Cape Town, my dad. Um, and so, you know, my uncle and my dad came up with the idea, oh, we're not often all together. Let's go for a ride um, the, on the Sunday. And I didn't have my um, hard hat or my helmet because it was at my mom's house and I hadn't been home yet. So anyways, they were like, oh, no, we're just going for a Sunday stroll. No worries. You know, we're just going to walk the horses. There's no problem. So but I knew my horse, um, you know, I hadn't been riding him for a while and he was a really strong willed and strong horse. Um, And so I was a little bit nervous, but I thought, okay, well, let's just go. Um, and as we were having a really lovely Sunday ride, uh, we turned into a field and uh, um, a bird flew out of a bush and my horse got a, a really big fright and he just took off. Mm. And, you know, being super strong and I was quite a small, light girl, um, he he was just not, um, he wasn't listening to my commands. And so I thought, okay, well, I know, I know where he's off to. He's on his way home. Mm. Um, so I'm just going to sit tight and he has to stop uh, eventually at some point. Anyways, I still remember like uh, running down the gravel road and seeing my uncle's house. And I knew that the stable entrance was approaching, um, but it was actually like a, a sluit or a waterway with a big concrete um, slab on it to enter into the stables. And my horse just didn't slow down uh, fast enough. Um, and so he took that corner too fast and slid, I think. We don't know exactly what happened and I don't remember, but he he slipped and I came off and I hit my head literally on this concrete block. Wow. And um when my dad and uncle finally reached me, um, yeah, I was unconscious, convulsing. I, I obviously had a had a serious head injury. Thankfully, um, there was a um, paramedic who also stabled his horse at these stables, and he was there that morning. And he wow. saw my horse come in without a rider on, and he knew something's wrong. So he went out to go have a look, and he he also was one of the first at the scene. And uh, yeah, I mean, he he made the, or my dad had to make the tough call. The paramedic said, you know, you either lift her now and you take the risk that she's got a, a, a spinal injury um, and, you know, that there might be repercussions or we wait for the ambulance to come. But it's a head injury and time is of the essence. It's literally the golden hour. Um, so I advise that you get to the hospital as fast as possible. Um, and so my dad took the risk and he lifted me and took me directly to hospital and yeah, thankfully I got there in good time. And although, you know, I was in induced coma for 10 days and had had signs of of brain injury. I mean, the doctor yeah. said I would be brain damaged and never be the same again. And when I first woke up, there were definitely all sorts of signs. You know, I was repeating myself. I couldn't remember things. But, you know, through faith and hard work, um, mm-hmm. I made a full recovery. And, you know, I went on in a space of, um, you know, I think it was three or four months post the accident to finish um, my schooling career with seven distinctions because I was wow. a high performer before oh, then. And yeah. it was really a miracle. And in that moment, you know, in that experience, I really felt that there was a purpose for my life. You know, I got a deep sense of purpose, you know, that I'd been saved for a reason and I didn't quite know what that was. Um, and then you know, going on to university, meeting my husband, um, who was, you know, a, a, um, an, a world-class athlete at the time, um, triathlete representing South Africa. 
um, I started to, you know, become, because I've always had a love for sport, um, yeah. but at university it was a little bit more difficult to pursue like hockey and tennis, which were the, the sports I did at school because we were both studying engineering um, and very demanding um, degrees. Mm-hmm. So um, the sport that Carl was doing, triathlon and, you know, these type of sports, endurance sports were sort of easier to kind of fit in training um, in your own time. And so I started to sort of uh, follow his footsteps and um, and try, you know, to, to do tri- triathlon um but yeah i very quickly realized i'm I'm not the best of swimmers or not the fastest mm-hmm. swimmer um and i did some duathlons after that and i kept getting running injuries and so that's what um eventually forced me to focus on cycling and um you know carl had really recognized my talent on the bike and especially in the climbs um and so i was lucky enough that he really invested um his time in into me and his knowledge into me to help me um, to grow, you know, fast and to improve really fast. And it was in these days, you know, pursuing cycling and growing in strength as a cyclist that I realized that my purpose was through sport and in particular through Mm -hmm. cycling um, to to inspire others, you know. And as I grew, because I've when I first started cycling, I wasn't a very self-confident or, um, you know, I was quite an insecure person. And so, Mm -hmm. You know, I very quickly felt um, the empowerment that cycling afforded me, you know, and that with Carl's belief in me, you know, I started to grow in strength and in confidence. And then I became a more confident and stronger woman. And so that's when it kind of all hit me. You know, it was in these university days, growing as a cyclist, growing in strength, growing in confidence, um, that I realized my purpose was through cycling. And it was to to help inspire other women um, to to find that same empowerment. And so I suppose that's what's led me to this stage now where I really want to pay it forward. Um, yeah. And yeah. Sorry, I've been going for quite some time no now, so ways. maybe I'll let you <laughs> let you interject. <laughs> no ways. This is your this is your interview. I want to hear from you. This is it's incredible. There's so many things that you said, and I was thinking uh, while you were talking uh, initially in the beginning, there was a movie I loved as a child, and uh, it was about horses, and it was about a lady that w- would dive horses. I don't know if you remember that movie. She, or if you ever seen it, I think it was called Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken, if I remember correctly, and she would. Uh, she would get on the horse. It was inspired by a true story and she would dive uh, into those big pools. I think it was like in the fifties or sixties when that was still a oh, thing, wow. but she became blind through it and uh, she, oh, wow. and her journey. And then she started diving blind, which was just unbelievable. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, purpose, you, you mentioned the word purpose as well as faith. And it's so important. And I kind of hear that there's two aspects of faith. It's the faith that we have in God. It's the faith that we have in and that which is spiritual to us. And then the faith that we have in others and that they instill to us. And I wanted to ask you, you know, you were mentioning as well by Carl and this incredible faith and belief that he had in you then and still has in you now and it just has continued over the years. And I think, isn't that so important when you are someone who is accomplished and like you said, having seven distinctions in school, I did as well. So it just means, you know, the overachievers <laughs> in life, like they always say, but someone that's just, you know, you just driven and you just have passion and you just, you know, I don't know. And isn't it so important to have someone at your side who is supportive and who sees you as equal you know there is still that conversation we have in the world and and even here especially in South Africa with 
you know, men that feel and guys that feel intimidated by women who are strong, who are ambitious, who achieve amazing things in life. And sometimes it can kind of threaten their sense of self. And isn't it so important to have someone in your corner that does not feel that way, that is super supportive. And I think a lot of women feel like, where do I find someone like that? Yeah. Because, yeah, have you witnessed that and seen that? Definitely, 100%. So, I mean, I'm really, really lucky that um, that my husband, Carl, is, I call him a really strong man because I feel that it takes extra strength for a man to let go of those, um, yeah, the, the societal sort of pressures that the man has to yeah. be, you know, the breadwinner and um, all these things. You know, he really let go of that because he really noticed my talent and although he's super talented as an athlete he he was mature enough to recognize that um the chances for me to reach the highest level were were way higher than what they were for him you know men's cycling or men's sport is, is so ruthless there's so many talented guys out there and to get to the top is really hard but Carl really recognized that that I really had that potential and that ability. And so, you know, he set his own ambitions aside, you know, to to really focus mm. on um, developing my talent and, and me as a cyclist. And for sure, I, I would never have gotten to where I am today um, in cycling or be the woman that I am today without um, his belief and his support um, by my side. And so, you know, I've recognized, obviously, that especially for women it's really really important doesn't even it doesn't always have to be a man you know yeah. um, it can be another woman um but it's so important to have that person who really believes in you um and kind of pushes you to to build that self-confidence yourself because that's one of the biggest barriers for women in this day and age and i, I honestly believe it's the reason why we still at, are at this point where we're fighting for equality is that women are less inclined uh, to have that self-confidence themselves you know they really need that person who kind of pushes them and believes in them and helps them to take that next step and so that's why you know i've um now, especially um, with, you know, the COVID pandemic and the way the virtual world has opened up to us, um, you know, I've always had the ambition to to be that person for other women. And I tried to do that just by sharing my story and blogging and, you know, through my social media. But it was very difficult to do it in a more meaningful way um, with, you know, the fact that in this world, you know, if you want to spend time with someone, you have to be in the same place at the same time. Yeah. But with the COVID pandemic and the virtual world and Zwift as a platform, it really opened up to me that suddenly the world was my oyster. You know, I could have this kind of meaningful um, influence or interaction with people by not being at the same place at the same time. We could do it through through the platform of Zwift and through using apps like Discord where I could chat to them and help them and encourage them. So it was during the COVID pandemic um, that I decided um, shortly afterwards to start a virtual community called Rocker Corba Collective. Um, and this is sort of a, a continuation of, you know, I have a business, Rocker Corba Cycling, which is a real life, you know, cycling hotel where people come and I have great interactions with the guests yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis um, in real life. But all of a sudden, Rocker Corba Collective was a way of growing this influence and growing this community through the virtual world. And I also recognized that, you know, indoor cycling and the virtual world, um, presented a safe space um, for, for women to take that first step, you know, because often if you, for example, if I just announce that I have a social ride and anyone's welcome to join, 
you'd I often find that like let's say 70 to 80 percent of those people would be men you know because women feel intimidated and they're like well I'm gonna hold her back and she's a pro and I'm not yes. good enough that's their exactly. natural thinking right mm. but when it comes to the virtual world and Zwift suddenly you know they kind of have the confidence to take that first step because they're in the safety of their own home they're kind of hiding behind you know a screen so no one really actually sees them if they had to be dropped you know they wouldn't be totally embarrassed or they're not going to crash or have a puncture. Um, so it's a safe environment for them to take that first step. And then obviously through the community, the Rock Corby Collective community, you know, I hope to the, our kind of our, our slogan is um, empowering people to become the best version of themselves. You know, so I'm hoping that through joining our community rides, joining our training rides, because we have, you know, we have a paid tier, which has a training plan and coached workout rides um, on a weekly basis. You know, I hope that they build their confidence and that they take that next step. Um, and then, yeah, that's what led me to then realize, okay, I've had this ambition to pay it forward to Africa um, mm -hmm. all my career, you know, to help um, empower African women. Because if I feel that I have barriers in my way. They have even more barriers, yeah. you know, in terms of mm -hmm. the cultural beliefs and, you know, the communities that they're, they're moving in. They're often very suppressed and, and mm -hmm. um, meant to or led to believe that their only place is in the home. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't criticize that, you know, obviously I, I um, totally respect women that make the decision to, to stay at home and mm -hmm. to focus on family and children and, and making the home. But yeah. I also want to help those women who have ambitions to do bigger things, um, to, to have the self-confidence to do so. And so, yeah, so it's led, one thing has led to the next where, um, I got in touch with Culture Cycles, uh, an amazing guy, uh, Sindile or Sins, um, for short. And, you know, he has this ambition to empower girls as well. And the reason why he wants to empower girls is because he comes from a home where he was the only boy child mm -hmm. and he recognized all the barriers that his sisters had to overcome and that they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they didn't, they needed a, a leg up, you know, in yeah. life to, to be able to, to get the places they wanted to go. And so he's also one of those big men, you know, who has put yeah. his personal ambitions aside and is investing in others and especially in women. And so, yeah, it was actually quite amazing how he put up a tweet one day, about two girls that he um, was coaching to take part in in the in the Wines to Wales mountain bike event, and he tagged me. And I saw this tweet, and I'm like, "What is this guy up to?" You know, um, he, it, this is an amazing <laughs> initiative. And so yeah. I got in touch with him uh, through Twitter, and that's how the conversation started. And you know, it's just it's um, the momentum has uh, has built up, and he's now got 30 girls in Kailicha that they're working with on a day to day basis. And I'm just you know trying my best through the Rockacorba Collective to empower their initiative and mm. um, yeah to help them take those next steps and. The, the longer-term goal for us is to have an e-center, we want to call it, so an mm -hmm. e-cycling and learning center um, in Kailicha where the girls can also come to a safe space and train indoors on Swift, where I can also join them on rides and the other members of, of the Rockacorba Collective community all over the world can join them on rides and mentor them through the process. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, because we'd have a good Wi-Fi connection, we could have a, a, a learning center, so a yeah. computer center and tutors to help um, guide these girls, um, you know, through 
through the next steps in their life and their schooling career and hopefully university. So that's our, our longer-term vision. Uh, we're still sort of um, trying to attract partners to help us um, make it a reality. Um, but in the meantime, we had the opportunity to do a fundraise to get these girls on bikes for the Cape Town Cycle Tour. Um, and we took that first step and it's just amazing to see, you know, what a big impact that's had on their lives already. I can well imagine that, Ashley. And what I love, and we're going to talk more about this after we come back from the break, but what I also love is one of the things that often a person can feel is that when you're watching a race or, you know, you're watching professional cyclists, it's just they're riding, you know, the Giro on TV or on your favorite app that you're watching it. And you just kind of feel sometimes like these professional cyclists are very far away from from your life, you know, very you know, normal, ordinary people that are just moving on with life. But by being there, you know, on Zwift, like you said, and having these rides where you can join together and where you're on there, it kind of draws, like you said, you closer to individuals. And maybe someone just needs, like you said, a woman that joins the ride just needs to be seen. Or maybe, like you said, is is even just by joining a Zwift or, or ride, like is kind of maybe breaking down some sort of cultural barrier in their own lives just in that moment. There is something that is happening and it it kind of makes people connect and I think that that's part of also what breaks down barriers and then also in, is empowering and that's why I love what you're doing as well through Rocker Corba Collective and we're going to talk more about that when we come back we're going to go to a quick break don't go anywhere though because Ashley's still with me after this I'm here with Ashley Moorman Patio, and I'm sure that you know that because you've been tuned in the whole time. I know you haven't gone anywhere now. Ashley, one of the things that you mentioned before we went to a quick little break was that there was a very, very special initiative that was done by the Rocker Corba Collective leading up to the Cape August, which I know as Cape Tonians, we all love and get out there to either ride or support. Tell us how this was. 30 girls, I know you rode, of course, like your race, and then you went back, right, to go and ride with them. So ultimately you did the August twice, which I'm sure was completely fine for you. But how was it riding with the girls? It must have been actually quite a new, kind of like a moving experience as well, seeing them have these bicycles. I've seen pictures of the girls and what you all were up to on the day. I could just see the joy and the life and the light that was shining on their faces. That must have been really incredible leading up to the August because I know there was things going on before that, but then also, of course, doing the race with them. Yeah, that was really, really incredible. So, um, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, Sindile from Culture Cycles and his team, there's a couple of them um, also involved. Um, and myself, you know, we'd been planning for months and months and months, you know, how we could, um, you know, empower these girls um, to take the next step. And so, you know, we started a, a fundraise uh, to get bikes, new bikes for the girls to take part in the Cape Town Cycle Tour because at that point they all were on borrowed and um, half broken down bikes. You know, I actually rode one of the bikes um, that the girls uh, had been riding in the lead up um, on the Thursday when we did the bike handover in Kailicha. And I mean, I couldn't even change the gears, you know, that's well, the condition yeah. that the bike was in, you know. So um, we'd spent months planning and fundraising and we, we crossed the line. We, we got the money together uh, to be able to buy um, new entry-level avalanche bikes uh, for the girls. And so it started off with a, a bike handover on the Thursday uh, before the Cape Town Cycle Tour. And this was just such an incredible experience because I, I managed to go to 
culture cycles in Kailicha uh, to the bike shop, uh, you know, where the girls get together on a day-to-day basis to ride. And I met, I managed to meet them, you know, after months and months of hearing all about them, you know, I managed to meet them in person. And it was just such an overwhelming experience. You know, first, of course, it took a little bit of time at first for them to kind of get the confidence to, to ask the questions. But we had such a great session, you know, where they were asking me, really amazing questions. Um, they were really engaging. I could really see the hunger, you know, in their eyes and in the questions that they were asking that they, they really want to use the bicycle um, to, to, t- to take them places in life. And then, you know, handing over these new bicycles to them with their name on it, you know, and cycling kit, new cycling kit that was made mm-hmm. specially for them and new helmets. It was incredible to see how that just boosted their confidence, you know, that someone believed in them enough and I suppose even more meaningful as you mentioned that it's someone like myself you know who's a pro who's on tv on a day-to-day basis but that I've come there in in person in real life and that I'm I'm handing something meaningful over to them and it was just it was just incredible to see how after that event on the Thursday and then we did a a, a short little ride in um, Kailicha together as I said I rode on one of one of their older bikes so I really got to experience (laughs) the challenges that firsthand that they um, that they were experiencing and then you know we had a couple of events together Um, we had a a morning breakfast on the Saturday where we invited some of the donors and Dimension Data who also really got behind us um, in terms of adopting us at their Pro-Am golfing event you know at their gala dinner to raise funding so we had some of the donors join us for the ride and then you know the girls went to the expo and all the excitement was building Mm. Um, and then yeah the Sunday just to see how their confidence had grown in those couple of days you know by having that attention you know that's the people behind them myself believing in them how they'd taken such big steps just in those few days and yeah I mean the real reason for me to be there was for this initiative and to ride with the girls so um but it just so happens that my pro team in Europe is also sponsored by Clan Constantia. Um, so that's why it was imp- important for me to race. But I just wanted to finish my race as fast <laughs> as I possibly could so I can get back in time to ride with the girls. Um, and it was just so incredible, you know, starting with them. And it also took me kind of down a bit of a memory lane because my first real interaction with cycling was also the Cape Town Cycle Tour. You know, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, people all around South Africa know this event and it's usually yeah. just like a bucket list event. And so... When I was at school, um, I took part in the Cape Town Cycle Tour, but it was really just a, a bucket list thing or a challenge, you know, to overcome. My mom used to do it every year, and I was just inspired by what she was doing. And so um, in in my three fi- last years at school, I would do it each year. Um, but I did it just in, you know, tackies and shorts and, you know, real, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, fun rider, as yeah. you'd call them. And it just brought back, but that's where where it all started, you know. Mm. Um, I didn't know it at the time when I was doing the Cape Town Cycle Tour that I'd one day be a pro cyclist. Amazing. Um, but it just took me down this memory lane of of how, you know, I was once there myself, right at the mm. back, you know, fighting through all the crowds, um, feeling overwhelmed by the challenge, you know, um, you yeah. know, hitting Chapman's Peak and feeling tired. And just seeing, you know, these girls going down that same journey, but seeing the resilience in them and the strength in their character to keep fighting, you know, and they each were um, given the go ahead to kind of do it at their own pace. Mm -hmm. So I I had to carefully like um, spend a little bit of time, then stop and wait a little bit, drop back a bit, go forward. But it was just such an incredible experience, you know spending a little bit of time with each of these girls and just seeing how, you know, some of them had hadn't been riding for very long and we were doubtful whether they'd even finish, but just seeing how each and every one of them outperformed 
what they expected of themselves and what we expected of them. And they just rose to the challenge um, and just, yeah, they unlocked, you know, their full potential. They were the yeah. best version of themselves on that day. Um, and that was really, really satisfying. That is, that is super satisfying, but also just inspiring to hear because we know for those of us who are involved with empowering girls and empowering women around us, it's, that's, that's kind of what we want to see. And it's the power of belief. What you're sharing with us is the power of belief and the power of, of mentorship and role models who can really actually draw alongside us. Like we've been saying throughout this time that we spend together, when someone actually draws alongside you and has that belief in you, it really inspires you to believe in yourself. And I think that's such almost such a message that we keep on hearing through this time that, that we, we talking today, we, you know, you started off talking about having a supportive husband or partner or spouse next to you. And also just who we have really in our side and who we have in our circle. That's really inspiring us and believing in us. It's so incredible. And I wanted to, to say, you know, we have an incredible superstar that I find really inspiring Benjamin Gamay from Eritrea. Mm. He is just incredible and such a new generation rider from Africa, such a force to be reckoned with. Love watching him when he's riding. Do you think that we'll have some, you know, new African woman who will shake up the pro peloton, the female, the woman's pro peloton? Do you think we'll, we have some amazing new African women that are going to rise up? Do you feel like this is part of your next purpose as well to just inspire, to help empower, to actually inspire the next generation and also actually to physically draw alongside them? Yeah, certainly. That's um, definitely my goal. And this is sort of the starting point. So, you know, the men are a little bit sort of further ahead, you know, um, and that's natural in Africa. You know, they're, yeah. uh, you know, it's natural that that um, there's been more focused on men cycling than on the women because of the cultural thing barriers as well. And that's one of the things that was raised by the girls as well is that they're losing friends, you know, because, um, you know, it's frowned upon for, mm. for women to be doing something like, um, you know, cycling, uh, riding their bike or pursuing um, cycling as, as a professional career. And so it takes a lot of, you know, resilience and strength of character for these girls to, to um, yeah, to, to not care, you know, what, what yeah. society thinks or what, what their peers are thinking and to, and to keep pursuing um, their passion. And so, yeah, we, I mean, I'm going a little bit sidetracked, but we're also really lucky to have um, Eugene Oppelt, who is one of the leading sports psychologists in South Africa, who has also donated his time now mm. um, to spend with the girls to help them work through these challenges um, and to, to take those next steps. Um, but yes, definitely. So I'm starting with the grassroots because I feel that that's really important, mm. especially in a female context in Africa, um, because, you know, we, we need to first identify that talent and help them, you know, to grow. So that's the starting point. But of course, um, the ambition is to create the full pathway uh, for for um, talent from Africa to find their way to the European peloton. And that is a real challenge, I have to be honest, because, you know, there's so many barriers in the way. Like I've mentioned, obviously, the cultural barriers to the starting point. But then, you know, if we're talking about visas and um, different, you know, the, these African riders have to leave their homes, um, the cultures that they know to come to Europe, which is totally different, you know. Um, and that's often, you know, even amongst the men, there's quite a big dropout rate. So what we're trying to do, I'm actually working um, with with Silent Vanek, um, 
who's also been involved in cycling for many years in more of a media role, but comes from um, from a township, a colored township in PE. So he knows those challenges, you know, um, that, that these people have to face to take that next step. We're working together to try to create a, a, a pathway for African riders um, to the European peloton. Um, so, you know, to understand the challenges that Africans face and their cultural um, beliefs and to create an environment uh, where it's more sustainable, you know, to respect the fact that they need to come back probably more regularly um, to Africa, to their home, to, you know, refuel their tanks and then take them over for, for a period of time. Um, in Europe, you know, we thinking that, you know, beyond, you know, the grassroots of talent ID, you know, through esports centers and what we're doing at Culture Cycles, it's our pilot study to start and hopefully we can create a blueprint for other um, communities in South Africa and Africa to, to do the same. So that's the grassroots. And then what we're thinking is possibly the next step would be gravel racing mm-hmm. um, because gravel racing is just a little bit more accessible to the African continent. So there are more and more gravel races or events which are popping up um, in Africa and on the African continent. There are more gravel roads in South Africa and Africa for um, for these these riders to, to train on. And it's a good starting point, we feel, to you know, kind of bring the racing to them before we take them to the racing. Yeah. Um, and then the next step would be um, to create a truly African team, you know, where these riders mm. um, are really understood um, and given the right environment uh, to perform in Europe. But yeah, there's a lot of work that needs to be done uh, yeah. to cross those barriers. But yeah, we've started and um, yeah. yeah, you have to start somewhere. And uh, yeah, hopefully we, we manage to fulfill the, the big vision that we have. Absolutely. I love this and I love that you have a big, big vision. But I also love that, you know, it takes like we always say it takes a village it takes so many different people coming on board and just giving of themselves and sometimes people go oh well I don't have the money you know I can't sponsor bicycles but I have other things that I can do and I can get involved with or I can help with and I think that that's so important as well and so I really want to encourage everybody that's listening to go on over on Instagram which is a really cool platform as we love to rock a Corbett collective and to follow and to find out what's happening and Ashley, I want to say thank you so much for spending this time with me today because it's really been inspiring to me and inspiring on a personal level, but also inspiring to know that, you know, like you said, it's it's there's a big vision here, but we're taking the necessary steps first and foremost to deal with things at grassroots and then also to build on that. And that's super important. And that's something that I think people can tend to forget. And it's so powerful that you're starting at that grassroots level. And I want to say thank you to you for everything that you're doing, but I'm excited to see what the future holds. And I know, like you also said during our time together that, you know what, it was such a miraculous healing that you experienced after that coma and that, you know, head injury, but you are here for an incredible purpose and you've been inspiring on the bike and you will continue to do that off the bike. And I'm grateful for you, for your entire team, for Carl, for everybody that's joining together in this next season that you will probably be going into maybe the next year or two that's already begun. So I just want to say from my side, thank you for being here and for having this conversation with me. And I really look forward to see what's going to come next. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. And you made such a good point there that, you know, sometimes people, they want to do something, but they don't know what they what they can yeah. do. And yeah, I mean, as you said, um, a- anyone who's listening, if you can just f- go and hop on Instagram, follow Rocker Corby Collective, and even better, take the next step and, and sign up. We, we have a totally free 
uh, membership platform. Um, you can obviously join the paid one, which uh, provides a training plan and a really great training community to be part of. But you can also just join our community. And, you know, just by people signing up and adding their name uh, to the member list, yeah. it, it also helps us to um, to to kind of create that power. And when we talk to potential partners, you know, we have this great community behind us and, and that gives us a lot of strength as well. So um, sometimes it's the smallest of steps that can add up um, to those bigger things. And yeah, thanks Lauren for just shining a light on, on what I'm doing. And thank you also for the great work you're doing, you know, um, by, by interviewing and bringing, um, bringing all these great projects to, to the foresight of, of everyone. It's such a pleasure. And, uh, you know, again, thank you. And to you who are listening, you have the information, go on over. And I know that so many of you are on Zwift these days. So please go on over and to sign up at Rockercorba Collective and you can check out what Ashley's doing and is getting up to and you can sign up and you're going to be on, you know, riding with Ashley soon. Don't worry. It's going to happen, even though it's going to be virtual. So go on over and sign up. It's been Ashley Mormon Pass here with me today. And it's been such a great time. Sure. Lots to think about. Like I said, you have all the details. Go on over and sign up.